This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to Mother. No, it's Mother. Welcome to Mother, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences. We're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way you never have before, but have always needed. It's time we rewrite the Mud Her Code. Hi, and welcome to Mud Her. So today we're going to talk about the assumptions, the beliefs we have around nurturing and care. So if you don't think you have any, great. Maybe you'll learn something about those who do so you can support them. But I think taking care of ourselves and others comes with a lot of responsibility. It also comes with a lot of assumptions from others and from yourself. So as a society, we often view care as a woman or a mother's job, you know, particularly, I think it expands to all women, but all women are mothers. So it's all of us, right? So it's our job, but it's also a weakness and it's a not highly valued aspect, but also highly sought after. So that causes some issues, right? And it's definitely a weakness for a woman if her nurturing or caring work is given by somebody else and she's not doing it herself. But we all need a benefit from care. That's a given, right? So let's spend some time today exploring some of the cultural stigmas that we have around it. Let's look at some actions we can take, maybe some relatable steps to become more open and caring as individuals, but as a community, right? Because this caring and nurturing muscle is one that has to be developed. I think there's an innate part of us. There's a, an aspect of all of us that cares, you know, men, women, it's not gender specific, but it is more of a right brain aspect of us. And I know I've talked in other episodes, my Jill Bolte Taylor episodes specifically, but also other episodes where we talk about differences between masculine and feminine, you know, not gender specific. And when I talk about left and right brain, I might even refer to them more as masculine, left, masculine, right, feminine, but we're, we're really not so gender heavy on this as we are these, these aspects. But we do tend to find that women have a greater access to the right side of their brain. And that is something, you know, that I think is a gift. And it's, you know, why we're more accessible to our care, why we're the ones that step forward. You know, I, I think that evolutionary wise makes obvious sense, right? We're the ones carrying the child and bearing the child and having immediate care with a nurturing of the child. So it would make sense that we would be wired for that. And that's a beautiful thing that we're wired for that. So there's aspects of it that are evolutionary, evolutionarily, I don't know if that's a word, but through evolution, you know, it has come to be part of us. And so it's wired in there, but it doesn't mean that it's necessarily at the same time, natural, so to speak, you know, it's, it's in there, the wiring's there, but we have to ignite it, right? We have to engage with it. And if that aspect of a person 
you know, a woman yourself, or you see it, how you see it modeled in your family and in the culture around you, if it's not valued, well, then why the heck am I going to spend any time developing it or valuing it or honoring it myself? If, you know, and, and we see how it's not valued, maybe in our family, it's, you know, kind of laughed at or a weakness, but, you know, maybe the more left brain things are given more acknowledgement, like the things we do and our external accomplishments, you know, are rewarded more heavily then of course it would make sense that those would be the ones that we would develop. Our schools develop those, you know, our, we're prone and, you know, put on a path to develop ourselves so we can get a job, you know, so we can survive. And that makes sense, but we're not taking into account that our survival also depends on developing and nurturing this aspect of our caring. So how do we do that? What is, what does that look like, you know, for us to, to develop something like this? Well, first we have to explore and consider what are the beliefs I grew up with around it, both in my family and in the culture I'm surrounded by and and most impacted by, you know, is it seen as something that is praised and valued and there's a lot of gratitude for it when it's given, or is it taken for granted? Are there the people that are giving it taking on more of a martyr standpoint or aspect of caring, which, you know, ultimately isn't really caring, but they give, but then feel like because they're not getting anything back by way of acknowledgement or affirmation that we can fall prey to victimhood, martyrdom, and guilt trip. So if I'm growing up in that atmosphere that the caring isn't acknowledged and then the person giving the caring is, you know, having this, you know, not, not responsible feelings about that, then, Hey, I'm, I'm going to shy away from that aspect. I'm going to go where the goodies are and I'm going to be a good performer at school. I'm going to excel. I'm going to do all these things that I'm supposed to do. And gosh, look at all the praise I get for that. And then I grow up and I get, you know, I make money for doing that. Whereas those, I may have, you know, this big heart that would love to do things in the world that are more directly related to what I care about, what I want to nurture, but gosh, I'm not going to make any money at it. And they're taken for granted and I would be taken for granted. So, you know, any and all of these things can happen because it really overall, and we see it reflected, we saw it reflected in, you know, through the pandemic and during this time that, you know, care workers were actually getting more acknowledgement than maybe they ever have, but they were still expected and stretched so thin and really not even remotely honored. I don't think anyone's pay increased out of it. Yes, they got more accolades, which was great and well-deserved, but it wasn't like we woke up and said, oh my gosh, these people should be making two, three, four times what they're making. When we look at the importance of it and our lives depending on it. And I think that's something I want to go back to too, because we don't really think about I mean, there's obvious things we think about when a baby's born and, you know, we're first raising a little helpless being is to provide them food, to provide them shelter, or they'll die. But they'll also die if they don't get held, if they don't receive affection, overt, you know, physical caring, attention, you know, so many things don't get wired when we're not getting touched, when we're not, you know, these things that seem to be taken for granted or, you know, 
it's nice to have. And then we think of as an adult, like, well, those are nice things to have, to be held and touched and affirmed and have my eyes looked into and having direct contact and being held with unconditional positive regard. Not only can we die when we don't get it, and there's plenty of studies and lots of studies that showing that this is the case, that it isn't a luxury or some kind of extra add-on, it's a requirement. And then somehow, how do we think then later that me as an adult doesn't still need that and doesn't need to facilitate my continued growth, to facilitate my continued becoming? You know, yes, I may have physically stopped growing, but my, my internal, my emotional self, my spiritual self is infinite. I have infinite potential for growth, but some of these basic needs are a requirement for it. So that's my responsibility as an adult, as a child, it is the caregiver's responsibility. Absolutely. hundred percent. The caregiver's responsibility to provide this. To me, it's the responsibility that you accept when you decide to bring a child into the world. You know, we're going to provide all of the basic needs. And then obviously, of course, as much even beyond that as we can, but really holding as valuable this sense of our emotions being valued, that my just my very being is of importance. And the world is a because I'm getting this kind of caring, this kind of connection and attention and support, I'm going to see the world as a safe place. I'm going to be able to step out now and take risks and try things and know that, you know, I have now wired in me a sense of an internal parent that's nurturing, that's caring, that sees me, but now I'm giving it to myself. Now I can, you know, take big things on in the world you know, when you're a newborn, taking a big thing on is just understanding that you're, you know, separate from those around you to take first steps to, you know, move in certain ways. As adults, it's very similar. Like, how am I going to take this next step into something I'm envisioning or dreaming? It's no longer as wired in in the same way. And, you know, this evolutionary nature, but I do also believe it is our evolutionary nature to dream, to take risks to stretch beyond what I thought was possible. And we have that when we've been given that more as a child. So if we weren't given that, there's some healing to do, right? Then that's when we need to take on and take our own responsibility for our own healing. Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March, 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather, if that's the space that you're in, and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico, Zihuatanejo, meaning land of the goddess women, and coming to really take time for yourself, okay? And that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go? It's a five and a half day retreat getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, 
the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone. I will be honest, you know, if that idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up. But now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. How do I go back and feel the feelings I, I didn't feel as a, as a little one around in a safe environment where people are holding me in positive regard, where I see that oh, it is, it is actually safe to have my feelings. It wasn't so much in my family, but it is safe here. And oh my gosh, I can ask for and get what I want and need. And I not only deserve it, it's, it's my right, but it's my responsibility to, to do that and to get that. So first healing some of those old wounds, and that's a continuous process. We don't heal and then we're done. In that continuous process though, we're building that internal parent in, inside of ourselves. So if we didn't get one the first, you know, going around in our upbringing, it's now still possible. And it's, it's a beautiful journey to go on, to take that on. So then now that I can give it to myself, I have so much more available to give to others. And that's where I can avoid some of the traps of the guilt tripping, the martyrdom and the, the victimhood that I talked about, because I'm not depleted. I'm giving it to myself. I'm asking for what I need from those around me. I'm accepting support. I'm seeing that there's abundance in the world. The world wants me to succeed, wants the best for me as I engage with it, as I interact, you know, as, as I generate that. And gosh, if I'm, you know, a mom and a family and I have a partner and, and a child or children, guess whose responsibility it is? to have them know what I need and how I would like to be supported. Well, that's mine. They are, we cannot expect the people around us to be mind readers, but we can expect them to step up when we do ask. And that might be part of our development. You know, maybe we're with somebody who isn't, you know, necessarily has been trained in that either. So they have their own muscles to build. So I also want to say that just to, if you're initially rejected, when you make requests, to have your own care and nurturing come your way, that is no reason to give up, right? That is only more reason to 
learn and grow and discover with that person. And the two of you, you know, develop a, a culture of caring and nurturing together. I will share a personal example that I've been going through myself recently because I've had a I've had a health issue. I maybe talked about this on another episode, but all summer I've been dealing with a blood clot. So if you're not familiar with a blood clot, for me it's in my calf and it's a very serious thing because blood clots can turn into pieces of them can break off and they can travel up and cause anything from severe damage to your lungs or heart to death, right? So they're not to be trifled with. And this is the second time I've actually gone through something like this. So when I found, like, I realized the gift that this round of it is giving to me is how much the lack of entitlement I was noticing about myself asking for my own care, really even reaching out to doctors to check out you know, what's actually happening. And then once I knew what was happening, I had to put into place very systematically and structurally support so that if I did feel anything that, you know, could mean that something worse was happening, that I would reach out because I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust myself that I would call 911 if I started having difficulty breathing. I might think to myself like, well, let's just see how it goes. Maybe this is just something else. And all of these voices and things in my head that, and oh my gosh, I'll be so embarrassed if an ambulance pulls up to my house and it's a false alarm and I go to the hospital and, oh, it was nothing. It was, you know, gas, something I've had to work on caring for myself enough to say like, yeah, that might happen. Okay. So I'd rather make that mistake than let something go too long and have, you know, the kind of circumstances that are irreversible. So this really has put me up against that. And I've been learning so much and learning so much about asking for what I need for my husband, you know, and sure, I went through some phases where I'm just mad at him that he's not like automatically doing it. Well, I haven't really expected this from him. I've, and you know, when I get sick and things like that, I just kind of expect to take care of it myself. So, you know, this is no surprise that it's a little new for me to, to be venturing into that territory, but it's opening up so much for me for us, for affirming my own mattering, affirming my own existence, and I'm healing and growing through it. You know, I was hoping this thing would be over, you know, in a a few weeks, it's kind of lasted and has had various permutations. And I keep saying to myself, like, okay, well, you know, it's still there. I'm still dealing with it because I have more to learn and to see it as a gift, you know, in that way and to partner, you know, with something like this in a way is caring for myself. It's providing my own nurturing to hold something like this in that regard and take responsibility for my care. And it's not surprising that as I'm doing that, I am, I feel like my caring for others is opening. I feel like I have more to give actually, as I'm going through this, as I'm caring and tending to for myself. And I think that's a beautiful potential and outcome that comes when we engage with this process of developing our own caring and nurturing. So let's summarize a little bit and kind of look at what we've been talking about today. So caring and nurturing are a right brain aspect of our makeup and who we are in our current society. And in many of our families, it's not valued, it's not honored. So we have weak muscles in how to get it for ourselves. And in some ways give it because Honestly, even if we're in a caring environment, if we don't know how to give it for ourselves, it 
it's not the full package. So we really want to have this flow back and forth, you know, of giving as much as I'm receiving and, and having those in balance. So we do that, then how important it is to communicate for ourselves around what we need and the kind of nurturing and care we want. And then all of this is a whole aspect. And, you know, it's one of my myths in rewrite the mother code, you know, that we're designed as, as women and mothers to care for others. And that may be so, but not without it being reciprocal, right? So in rewriting the mother code, it's looking at that codes. It's seeing where the healing needs to be done, understanding that it's a journey to get in relationship with ourselves around our caring and nurturing and what a beautiful thing that is. And then we're there, we're available, we're present for the caring and nurturing of those around us. And, you know, little secret around that we can be getting as much when we're giving to others as we can be getting as much for ourselves when we're giving to others. That's a little secret. So when you're holding to or tending you know, to a loved one or, or someone in your purview in some way, know that you're holding yourself, that you're getting that hug also, that you're making contact, that you're being held and nurtured in a very similar way. So I would love to hear how this is landing with you. And you know, I'm really curious to know what you, my community of empowered mothers, because that's all of you, men, women, everyone in between, because we all mother. I'd love for you to think about this topic and discussion around care and nurturing. Send me a DM on Instagram. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Send me an email that will be in the show notes because I, I really would love to know what's resonating with you. And I can't wait to be with you uh, again in the next episode of Mother. This is a way I care and nurture myself is putting this out to you all and to the community. So blessings and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Mother. Wait, no, subscribe to Mother. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com. I'll see you next time.